0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer
1: the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
3: And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track, over his head. And over
0: the wall! you believe
2: that? And 29 other MLB clubs.
0: Premieres with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. go hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh, boy, this third inning is now showtime.
3: It is a judgy in blast. All rise, here comes the Judge.
2: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from humidors to spin rates, to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. What is happening,
4: baseball fans? Also, Oakland A's fans, how are we out there today on a Monday? As we're getting you ready for the athletics and the Texas Rangers. We're going to have first pitch at 5.05. A's total access brought to you by? Chevron. We'll be at 4.05. But what a show do we have for you today here on A's Cast Live. Coming up, we've got solid guests. We've got Stephen Woods, who does Ben and Woods, the morning show, on the Padres flagship station as really the two hottest topics in baseball right now. No, it's not Chris Woodward, the manager of the Rangers, being fired. We will get into that. How about that? Rangers don't have a manager. By the way, that's number four. We're not even into September. We've had four guys fired. How many teams are there in Major League Baseball? 30. Four out of 30 is what? 13%. 13% of all managers have been fired, and we're not even at the end of the season? How many times do I preach to you, these guys who keep saying that we have to listen to and we have to read, who want to preach patience, want to preach time, can't rush, guys, it's going to take years, we're going to lose, blah, 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 owners don't want to hear it. They don't. They don't want to hear it. We're spending millions of dollars, I want to win. You may get a guy who's patient, you may, but four managers have been fired. 13, it was where we have to round down, was it thirteen point three 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 three? whatever? Yeah, just three infinity. I would have liked to say 14%, but 13% of the managers have been canned. And there will be guys fired after the season. How many? Are we going to have 20%, 30% of everybody fired? We don't got time. Now, Mark Kotze has time. Good news. But they're just showing you you're being lied to when you got all these media people, whether it's print, TV, broadcasters, they're all lying. They don't know what the hell they're talking about because they're all stuck in their old ways. You got to win. And you don't win, you're going to be out. I mean... When's the most – I don't know this number. It just came to me. What's the most managers ever fired in season? I mean, four is a lot. I can't remember a time where there was – This is a lot. And this is a time when you got all these guys. You got all these guys preaching, you know, rebuild this, rebuild that. People don't want to rebuild, man. They'll take it for only so long. How about the Rangers? Well, we're going to sign. What, I mean, we were told this by Eric Nadell, their Hall of Fame broadcaster. Everything's fine. They signed these two guys knowing that this wouldn't be a great season, and then there's going to be a lot of pitchers that are free agent in the offseason, and then the Rangers are really going to go for it. Patience, right? The Hall of Famer, Eric Nadell. Yeah. that's what he was telling us. I mean, he's the play-by-play voice. Well, guess what? Manager fired. That didn't happen. And he got an extension last November, right before the yeah. lockout, right? Yeah. He got an extension in 2023 with an option for 2024, and he's fired before the end of the season. Unbelievable. But Stephen Woods will join us, 2.30, Padre's flagship station As once again, two biggest stories in baseball right now. Continue to be the mystery around Tatis Jr. And, I think, a- AL MVP race. If you said, what are the top two stories? There's a lot of great series, and I got all the notes for you right here on all these series. You've got Mets playing the Braves. I mean, if the Braves are going to make a run, here you go, guys. Here you go again. Uh, a bunch of teams... Uh, hooking up in the AL East as you got the Rays and the Yankees, you got the Orioles and the Blue Jays, a lot of good series, Uh, Brewers, Dodgers, got a lot of good series for a Monday, we'll get into all of that, but I think the two biggest stories right now, it's really Judge versus Otani, and it's Fernando Tatis Jr. So we'll talk to Stephen Woods in San Diego coming up here at 2.30. Sarah Lang's on the MVP and so much more from MLB.com. And Robert Murray, national columnist from Fansided, he'll join us at 3.30. Jam-packed show. But I want to start the show with a simple phrase. Be careful what you wish for. Be very, very careful careful what you wish for. And I have taken I guess you would say hundreds of calls on ace players, other teams, free agency, long term, we don't sign anybody, how do I buy a jersey? Why can't that but that why can't that be us? Over and over and over again. And I have always said, I hear you. I understand. But I'd rather win. I'd rather go to the playoffs. I mean, people are bitching about this as the A's are in the playoffs and other teams are not in the playoffs, but they got guys with big contracts that you can buy their jerseys, but they're not in the postseason. It, it, it's amazing. You wish it could go hand in hand, like, like what the Warriors have. You'd like to win championship, have your franchise guys, that's great. But in baseball, doesn't seem to translate. Be careful what you wish for. What they have going in San Diego right now is a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. They went from Trading for Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Josh Hader, Taka Baseball. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Doesn't matter that. Last time I checked, they were 16 back. What is it now? I think it's somewhere around. I mean, the Dodgers are 32-6 and six since January, uh, July 1st. Well, they just won 12 in a row, lost yesterday. So, But the Dodgers just won 12 in a row. They're trying to match a win streak of the greatest win streak in Dodger history since they moved west in 1958 from Brooklyn. Uh, they got it going on. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty good team. They're a decent little ball club. They might have a chance in October. Uh, I, bu- I put it down there. If they go,
3: I it's, a, it's in their, in the playbook somewhere, what their record would be to have to go to 116 wins the rest of the year. It was like 37-12. It's to not 12. happening. Uh, the Padres are currently 16 games behind the Dodgers.
4: 16 games back. But everybody's fired up. They got the, And then the Tatis news comes down. It's not like Philadelphia, by the way. Philly – you know, I've, I've I've adopted two teams. We're gonna have to talk about that. Have you picked your National and American League? Well, if I have them, it's the
3: Pirates and the A's. But we're talking oh, about okay. postseason teams. Uh, i talking about real teams. Real teams. I go. I'm talking about real team. Pirates are not a oh. real team. Oh, then it's it's the Brewers. They'd be regulated by now. Uh, yeah, yeah that's they would regulated years ago. Brewers and who are your teams? Oh, the people really want to hear who my AL team is. Who's your AL team? The Houston Astros.
4: Wow, you're going chalk. What, Brewers and Astros? Yeah, you're going chalk. Yeah, people are really thinking Brewers, Astros, World Series. You're going chalk. <laughs> you know who mine are? Uh, the Fightins. The, the Phillies. You the, know, who's Guess who my American League team is. The Baby Jays. No. The Guardians. My Cleveland Indians <laughs> slash Guardians. Yeah, I said Indians for my man Ray Fossey. You want to know why I'm going Guardians? Why they are my new... Down the stretch here for the rest of 2022. Why I love me some Guardians. Because you want to see a,
3: a snow-filled World Series between the Phillies and Guardians.
4: That's not <laughs> it, but that could happen. <laughs> By the way, uh, we will get into the postseason schedule that came out today. Like they want to show everybody, these are the dates. World Series going into November. Um, it could be in New York, either Yankees or Mets. It could be in Minnesota, Cleveland, Philly. Who else in the Northeast is still in this thing, or the Midwest? Um, do we can't, No, no, it doesn't. Well, be cold, hold I got it. No, right. no. It, it, in the AL, in the AL Central, it's White
3: Sox or it's the Twins and Guardians.
4: White Sox secondly are still in. It. So if it was to end today, yeah, it's going to be cold in the south Side. You've got Yankees, Mets, you got Philly, Cardinals, St. Louis is freezing cold. Yeah, Atlanta could be cold at that time of the year. Uh, Blue Jays have a roof. Mariners have a roof. Rays, San, Ray's have a roof. San Diego, you're fine. LA, you're fine. Astros have <laughs> a roof. But if you go to New York with the Yankees, Mets, Cleveland, I mean, you're you're excuse my language, you're screwed. It could be freezing cold. Trust me, I've traveled the Northeast during the, these times. And those games are, even if it's not snowing, it is freaking cold. Mm. Not good. But I'm going to go Guardians. The Guardians are my team. Why are the Guardians my team, even though you don't care? But I'm going to tell you why. They pitch. They play defense. They make a whole lot of contact. And they steal bases. They've been stealing a ton of bases. Do you know that? I haven't. My guy, you know my favorite player is in all baseball, and I'm going to buy his jersey. Jose Ramirez, Stephen Kwan. Oh, Barry's on Stephen Kwan doesn't strike out. Friend of the program is hitting and stealing bases. Sign me up for pitching, defense, contact, not doing everything off home runs. Yes, Ramirez should be in it. You know what he he's going to. You know what he's going to be. Jose Ramirez is in, by the end of his career, which could be in Cooperstown. He could be one of those guys who's one of the great players to have played and never won an MVP. And it's not his fault. No. I mean, he's played around guys who are having monster – I mean, he's having a monster year, but he's not going to be Judge or Otani. He's finished in the top three of the MVP three times. He's finished in the top ten. if you include those four times. He's a baller. See, last night, I was watching the highlights, rips that ball to the shortstop's head, just hits it where it's pitched he's what's he third in rbis
3: i think so yeah he's 100 he's 93 rbi this year he's
4: third in rbis no one's talking about him he's third he's having a my 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 guardians from here on out phillies got my phillies took a bath over the weekend you know what i need to get i want an old school light blue mike schmidt jersey those are pretty sweet those are sweet or steve carlton no bryce harper No. Harper looks good in it. But Harper's taking BP today. Yeah. So, be careful what you wish for. Back on track. So, now, with this kid who supposedly is the next face of baseball. Wasn't he on MLB The Show? Correct, this year. All right. Oh, these Dairy Queen guys. Oh, yeah. Look out for it. If you've been on Dairy Queen, Tim Anderson, done. Bryce Harper's been done. Uh, what's his name? Bull- Be- Bellinger, Bellinger stinks, and now Harper Tatis it- and Tatis. If you're a Dairy Queen guy, it's almost like the the Madden cover.
3: Yeah, who was it? Bob Nagle, I think, shared that the other day. Is it Nightingale? <laughs> out was Nightingale? I saw it. Again. I saw it today, and I- after he told me, I looked it up, Ooh. and then he had it. The Dairy Queen guy. I have actually never been to Dairy Queen. I noticed it's not very big in California. It's big on the East Coast. Have you been to Dairy Queen? Uh, yes. How There's- do you rate it? Uh, I like it. I'm a Dairy Queen. I, mean, it, I grew up with Dairy Queen. You come out here, there's places like Sweet Retreat and Frozen Yogurt. That's Frozen Yogurt wasn't really a big thing. In is it
4: one it. of those places like you can get a burger and hot dogs yes, and you
3: get the dessert? Yes, there's one in Campbell for our audience at the, the, DQ, list of the South Bay.
4: DQ, I've seen – it's, like, it's like a Sonic.
3: Um, yeah, I I would take DQ over Sonic. That's just me, though.
4: Sonic could be a potential sponsor, so we're big friends of Sonic, and oh. I love Sonic. And if I have – could have Sonic right now. I would. Their line mates are great, but I was just saying they're similar. Yeah, in in menu. Yeah,
3: check out Dairy Queen. It's off of Winchester and
4: Campbell. Never like been to a DQ. It's like the only one I've seen here. But since I watch a lot of baseball games around the country, they do a lot of advertising. I have seen a lot of their ads. Looks pretty good. I tell you, in my travels, you know, it's like when you go when I was in Houston and I had the Water I've had that too, the airport in Dallas. It was fabulous. Now it was like at 2.30 in the morning, and anything was going to taste good at that point, (laughs) but I remember it was fabulous. So be careful what you wish for. Apparently there's one up Blossom Hill also. So you're talking now. You're talking with Fernando Tatis. Multiple times he separated his shoulder. They wanted him to have surgery. He wouldn't do it. He then... Falls off a motorcycle, gets flippant with the media, and then says, which time did I get injured? So wait a minute, there's multiple? So you hurt your wrist, and you want to take care of it the way you want to take care of it. And when all of a sudden he started on his own, started taking, let's just say, some, some hacks in the cage, there are Padre people going, what the hell are you doing? So this is a young star player, sounds like, not listening to the medical staff. Well, (laughs) by the way, I got asked yesterday, uh, went to dinner last night. um, Hero Ranch in Saratoga, highly recommend it. But went to dinner last night, didn't get to say hello because I was walking out. We got to get a hold of Brennan, the head coach of San Jose State was there. Uh, it's time to start climbing the mountain. Season ticket holder right here. But, but my but but my buddy said to me, he goes, uh, he goes. Have you noticed that the articles are long on on, on the athletic at dinner last <laughs> night? I said, oh, are you kidding me? But I read this so you don't have to. One person in the know, a source around the Padres, said, with all this stuff going on with Tatis, said, quote, not surprised at all. He does whatever he wants. So it's been a culture, young superstar signs the mega deal and just basically does anything he wants. And with all that said, once again, shoulder problems, wrist problems, all kinds of problems. Now, steroid problems. You've got a fourteen three hundred and forty million dollar contract here, folks. Be careful what you wish for. It's almost like I need to write it down and put it on Ricky Henderson. So you'll see. Because I know you guys see this every show. Here's Ricky. Be careful what you put a sign here. You want to talk Anthony Rendon's contract? You want to talk about Mike Trout's contract, how much he hasn't played? By the way, this thing you want to talk about flat-out scary? The amount of games that I, I couldn't believe this. It was like 500-something, right? 580? Yeah, At the end of this season... Fernando Tatis Jr., county postseason, which was just the 2020 uh, when they got in. By the end of this season, the Padres will have played 578 games that he's missed more than half, half of 578 games. $340 Three hundred and forty million. It's not like you're paying this dude three million a year and it's chump change. Ah, what does it matter? It's five million a year. You've guaranteed him the most unbelievable generational wealth. It's one of the largest contracts in the history of professional sports. It's by far more money than Michael Jordan ever made. It's more money than Tiger Woods. I'm not counting endorsements. It's more money than Tiger Woods has made. The biggest stars you've ever seen. Tom Brady, you name it. This kid has been guaranteed wealth beyond belief and has done really nothing. He showed some pop. Last year was fantastic, but guess what? I don't know if it's real. This is a steroid that he tried his dumb PR people or agent, whoever, because there's a, there's a medicine for ringworm that's similar. And I'm not going to admit how many people fell, fell to this, but there's people who have even talked on our air who have kind of fallen for it, that the medicine that's used for ringworm is similar to the steroid. John Heyman had it in the New York Post going, really? This is what they're really trying to pull on you? Like we weren't going to be able to figure that out? I contacted my, my immediately my doctor was like, no, 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 no. This not used for ringworm. You use this. It's kind of like what, what McGuire had back in the day. The Andro. You remember Andro in yeah. his locker? People went, what's that? Because you see everything's in. These guys were so brazen back then. Andro is something that, that you took when you're taking steroids to help mask it. Hell, McGuire had a bottle right there in his locker for all the media to see and all the media there. They're like, what's that? This is something you take when you're doing other steroids. So now you're starting to find out this guy's probably been doing it when you were like, oh, my God, super talent, Nando. Oh, this super skinny kid with this great power, Nando. Nando. You know what? I'm just going to go off what we've seen in the past. Too good to be true. Guess what? BED's P- evolved. It, there's stuff we've heard about Trout. we've there, Trout, there's been rumors. I've heard things. And I always say allegedly, but there's the TUE, the TUI. That you can take, and that's how. Um, what's the what's what's the drug all the college kids take to get focused? Oh, Adderall. Adderall. I did a show with Aubrey Huff, and I know Aubrey Huff jumped off the rails here with his political beliefs, whatever. But Audrey Huff, Aubrey Huff is a world champion, and told me all about it. Yeah, you you get. He was able to take Adderall, which is a banned substance, because he had a tui. So there are guys that are able to take testosterone. If you can prove that your body doesn't make te- enough testosterone, if you have some type of defect, you can get this, and baseball will test you for it. You'll Everybody gets tested, and if it pops up that you've taken Adderall, but if you're allowed to. So to think that nobody's taken anything in baseball, you're kidding yourself. So I'm sitting here going, You're trying to tell me that this kid just got popped, and this is something you take if you're taking with other stuff. Be careful what you wish for. $340 million guaranteed. You now got Juan Soto. Great problem to have. But wouldn't you like to take that money and just make him go away, Fernando Tatis Jr.? Make his immature, broken self, because he's broken, Bad shoulder, bad wrist, bad decisions. It's bad, bad, bad. He's a bad invest. you know what he, you know what he's right now. Five hundred and seventy-eight games. He won't even play in half of them. That's this year. Don't forget next year when he's still suspended, and he can't even play in the World Baseball Classic.
3: Correct. I think it's forty-two games he'll be suspended for next year.
4: This guy officially is a bad investment. Wouldn't you rather be able to take that money now and say, here you go on Soto, here's 340, we'll add another 150, we'll give you 500, whatever you know, whatever it is. I mean, you're now stuck with this, I mean, this kid. you have the A-Rod from last night? Yeah, this is a clip from A-Rod uh, on the
3: K-Rod broadcast. Uh, funny Jeter was sitting right next to so, him, but here's what A-Rod had to say when uh, Michael K asked him about uh, Fernando and uh, learning from his mistakes.
1: Yeah, look,
4: I have no no, no regrets, no excuses for my behavior. It is on me. And look, we'll talk about the Tatis thing later. I, I wish that a lot of these young players,
1: who I admire so much, learned from my stupidity and my debacle. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost brings me to tears to see a kid like Tatis who's 23 years old, that for the rest of his career, he's just going to play it out. There's probably no Hall of Fame. I'm not going to go to the Hall of Fame probably because of my own mistake. Mm-hmm. And that's heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking to explain that to my daughters. But that's on me. So I get to be now hopefully a better friend, a better business person, more importantly,
0: a better father.
4: Okay. I'm not playing the, oh, what a shame game. I'm not. You're a cheater. And if we're going to treat Bonds and we're going to treat Clemens and we're going to treat McGuire – and Sosa and Palmero and on and on and on if we're going to throw those guys under the bus and the fact that it's it's it 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 is it's, it's 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 laughable that big poppy is a first ballot hall of famer it's laughable but it just goes to show like people like Nando he's got a nickname Nando so you know what everybody's like oh isn't this a shame why is it a shame that a guy is taking steroids and cheating. What? What what why why should I feel bad? If and I know Bonds is an ass. I dealt with him multiple times. But Bonds is the best player I've ever seen. So, if I'm going to go, "Oh, poor Nando, oh big Poppy, that's not fair that he passed a test. Oh big Poppy's different. Boston strong." No, he should get in the same line as Bonds and Clemens. He should. I mean that I mean that's a reality. You can, the fact that we're like, okay, A Rod, you're a juicer. You're even though you had a great career, you can't go in the Hall of Fame. Oh, poor Nando. There is no poor Nando. Are you kidding me? And what we're seeing in baseball, it's still here. It's still here. Guys are still taking that risk. It's still happening. And we're the one sport where, you know, the big time players. I mean, I was asking you over the weekend, what other sport are there stars, primetime players in their prime? Not older guys, prime guys. F- guys that are on video games testing positive for steroids. Only guy who came to mind was DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins walks down the street. No one knows who the hell he is. But he's a star. He's not a star. He's a top five wide receiver. Doesn't mean
3: he's a star. Is he on a video game? Well, it's usually quarterbacks that are on there anymore.
4: Uh, running backs can be on there. I mean. Was he on it? I'm curious. Are you, you really think an Arizona Cardinal wide receiver is a star compared to Nando? You're stretching it. Do we have to go over this again? You always overflate people.
3: Uh, I'm, it's not just me. He's a he's a top player in the, the NFL. I know, but he's
4: not. I, I'm talking like Steph Curry.
3: Oh uh, well, no. I'm
4: talking like Tom Brady. I'm talking like Peyton Manning in his prime. Other sports don't have their star players.
3: I was gonna look and see where he was on the NFL
4: Top 100 last year. Give me the NFL Top 100. Tell me which guys on steroids. I have to get the list actually come up. Uh, they haven't done all of them,
3: but I'll find. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to find last year.
4: Who did we go through this? And I had to call my wife, and she was like, "No, I never heard of him." Um, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. But you are telling me people who watch
3: the NFL will not know who DeAndre Hopkins is? No, people who watch the NFL. I don't think people. I don't think a lot of people will know who Fernando Tatis is. But he is the star of the sport. Oh yeah, they're billing him that way. There is other guys. Right? There is other guys in. Football he's a star that- in the
4: sport. I am not saying football. He's not a f- footballer, but he's a star of the sport. God, you never get things. He's a star of his sport. They're putting him on the video game. Who is like that in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes was ranked the number one player in the NFL last
3: year. And he's on Madden. And you're telling me people won't know who he is? No, I already like- proved it.
4: I already proved it. DeAndre Hopkins was eighth. Okay, great. Any of those guys te- test positive for steroids? Um No.
3: So, why does baseball still have this problem? I know. A-Rod mentioned that, yes, last night. Uh, Him and Michael K. Michael K. said in the NFL, guys suspended for four games for PDs. They're back. People forget about it. They don't even remember guys
4: don't remember. now these guys have been suspended. Yeah. um, By the way, your list is so flawed. J.J. Watt is still on there. T.J. Watt. Oh, T.J. Watt. He's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, T.J. He's pretty good. (laughs) But. Who's getting popped? Who's getting popped yeah. in the NBA? Uh, no one.
3: Uh, they got. A, I tried. I tried looking this up. Like the NHL, no one. Um, there was like one guy from the Vegas uh, Golden Knights a few years ago. Um, NBA. I mean, there's like no superstars. They're like
4: average players, like a Wilson Chandler. I don't get. I don't. I don't get why our sport still has these. Why are our? Why do our guys, knowing that they're going to get tested, knowing that our test is like Olympic testing? What Like, how do you think you're not going to get popped? Ramon Laureano, our own guy. we got to be honest. Ramon Laureano, Frankie Montau. We've had two guys recently.
3: In the last three years. Two! <laughs> here's, here's a list of guys just in the last 10 years. Uh, Ryan Braun, 65 games. Melky Cabrera, 50. Robinson Cano, twice. Uh, Bartolo twice. Colon. Bartolo Colon, Nelson Cruz, Manny. Uh, A-Rod, a full season. Miguel Tejada, Frankie, and Bramone are some guys I remembered. We've had two guys. Three, technically, if you include Bartolo. Barty was 2012. 2012. So three in the last
4: 10 years. Sir, what, What's going on? It just goes to show the money is worth it. Like, you'll lose this money. Like, Fernando Tatis, essentially... Will lose the money from suspension. By the way, the big money hasn't kicked in his contract yet. Yeah, he makes I
3: think five this year and seven next year. Something it's like that. It's not until
4: two years from now, like thirty-five million or whatever. So, I he can come out of this suspension and just go, "Yeah, I'm clean," and never test positive again, and he'll get all the big money. It's it's, but it's I don't know what you do. So back to the point.
3: What I was going to say, if you want to hear how his teammates, well, I have cuts from I have a cut from Mike Clevenger and a cut from Manny that are pretty. Pretty telling. All right. So let's play. Uh, here's Manny Machado on Fernando Tatis after was after Friday's game. You know he hasn't been part of part of the team all year, and um, you know we we've gotten to this point so far without him. Hope, you know we're we're waiting to, to get him back, and hopefully, uh, you know, him to be a spark plug for the team. But um, you know we've been doing it all year. Just continue doing it. Same message um, continues to go since since day one since we had all year. So. We still have the same goal, you know, which is to try to make a world serious and bring a championship to San Diego, and that's what we're going to try to continue to do.
4: All right, you oversold that. Well, that so. But the thing between Manny and they had it out last year. In the dugout, yeah. Because the bottom line is this. He's acted very selfish. He's one of these guys, when he's going good, everything's great. When he's not going good, he's pouting. And Manny called him on it. And it's hard to believe that Manny Machado is calling somebody on not being a jerk, which there's been plenty of reports for years out of Baltimore. But maybe maybe Manny's grown up, and Manny knows where he is in the prime of his career. He only has so many shots. I'm cool with that. I, I, I'm on record saying I think Manny Machado will be a baseball Hall of Famer. I, think, I, I, I doubt he finishes his career in San Diego. He'll go somewhere else, but when you add up all the numbers – I think he'll have a really good shot. I mean, he is a baller. And Manny understands. He's running out of time. He only has mean, He's not technically running out of time. But he's like, what? He's 30?
3: 29, 30? Yeah, he's in his
4: late. So he's right in the middle of his prime, man. This is, he's got, he's got it. You know, he's got the Dodgers. He understands. I mean, he gets it. And Manny and him have, I guess, not always gotten along. And we know last year they had their tiff. All right, what did Clevenger say? Here's Clevenger. Very disappointed. It's the uh,
1: you know, second time we've been disappointed with him, and it was just, you know, you hope he grows up and you know learns from this and learns that it's not just, you know, it's about more than just him right now. Nah, look at this clubhouse. We, we really don't need anybody else. It would be nice to have somebody else, but we don't need anybody else. We got everyone we need right here.
4: So with all that being said, A's fans, once again, you A's fans have wanted to re-sign everybody. And unfortunately... How do I want to put this? I want to put this nicely. We've actually been really lucky really lucky that we didn't. We really have been. Even though you wanted to sign everybody, you want to fall in love, you want to marry everybody. You want to marry everybody. And unfortunately, you married Eric Chavez. It didn't work out because of health. Shocker, most of these long-term deals don't. Right? Nope. Na- name me one guy. Name me one guy. Starting from 2000, that went on, left the A's, had a long established career, and was worth a boatload of money.
3: Yeah, no, there's. I was doing that for effect. There's not someone I could think of. People are gonna say, well, Cespedes. And-
4: There's nobody. Giambi ended up having tumors because, even though he played a long time, friend of the program, love Jason Giambi. I'm not trying to speak ill on any of these guys. I'm just stating facts. Giambi held a press conference that he apologized to the New York media, but didn't say what he was apologizing for. Anybody remember that? Yeah, I do. He had a he had a press conference that was carried live nationally to say sorry, but he wouldn't say what he was saying sorry for. And he had tumors. Because what happens when you take human growth hormones and stuff, it speeds up everything in the body. And if you have some tumors, it can cause, even though, thank God, they weren't cancerous, it can cause them to grow. He had problems. Miguel Tejada had some good years, but nothing that was like, oh, my God, look at the long-term and longevity.
3: Here's a guy, the ace... Dodge the bullet on because he signed a major contract and he was kept off a postseason roster, Barry Zito, who they just honored oh. this past weekend. like Barry. I was there yesterday to watch the Pirates lose in walk-off fashion, but to watch what the ceremony, because they had it on at the wedding reception I was at, they had the ceremony, the way they treated. Barry Zito, like he won every big game in the postseason for them. They were like he was up there in front with. King. He won Game Five in the NLCS. He was
4: big. He was that big. World Series. He was good. He that was, playoff, in yes. 2012, he was huge for them. But what about the six years prior when you, everyone hated him? Wow, look at you just hating on Zito. But you're right. Uh, there's a great example. Mark Mulder. He was out of the league a couple years after he left. the <laughs> I mean, the one guy that stayed a long time. I wouldn't say greatness. But Tim uh, Huddy, he ended up having Tommy John, but he had great, not he had good, solid years for the Atlanta Braves. He'd be one right to actually give you. He'd say, well, you would have had him long term. He would have given you innings. He would have given you games. Huddy might be a Cespedes. What the hell did Cespedes do other than home run derby? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of our fans would say that he should
3: have been a the guy they kept, or Why? Son- or Sonny Gray. Oh, oh yeah, I know everybody wanted
4: to, everybody. You gotta sign Sonny. You gotta sign Sonny. No, Not having a nice year this year. No, Sonny. No, 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 no. How did no, New York no, work out? No, I mean front of the program too. My guy who didn't get along with the front office, so there's no way they resign him. Uh, he, one guy you make case Donaldson. Yeah, he's played. He's played and playing well again now.
3: Yeah, he, I mean he was great with Minnesota. What year? Or no, Atlanta. Before he went to Minnesota. He was great for Atlanta. Just went to Minnesota. had that calf injury. Got all that money.
4: Didn't play well in Minnesota. Now
3: he's doing okay for the Yankees.
4: Yeah, lately been hot. So, I mean, look, how many guys are we talking about that you wanted to, like, oh, my God, we got Townie. We got to have this guy. We want to sign this guy. We're talking commitments. The Nando deal is 14 years. Fourteen. How many players since two thousand in the Billy Bean era you sign them to a fourteen year deal that wouldn't have been an absolute train wreck? I look at you again, my A's historian. <laughs> there isn't anyone. There isn't anyone. Like you said, the only guy you
3: would maybe consider would have been Hudson. Everybody
4: wants to ink these guys up. Hell, I don't know why. Hudson might be the only one. Okay, let let's let let's examine Tim Hudson, and Tim Hudson now pitching coach. He's still pitching coach at yep. Auburn. Auburn, right? yeah. War Eagle, Tim Hudson would leave the Oakland Athletics, go fourteen and nine with a three point five two start twenty nine games. That's the first year after. That's first year after. Okay. How do you rate that? In the National League, a three five two. That's pretty. That's not bad. Not bad. Next year, thirty five starts, but had a four. 4- Eight six ERA and went thirteen and twelve. Down here. The next year, sixteen and 10, 3.33, 34 starts. Pretty good. All right. Eleven and seven, uh, twenty two starts, eleven and seven with a 3.17 ERA. That's solid. Only only a hundred and forty two innings. It must be must have got hurt. Yeah, this is where uh, thirty-three. This is the Tommy John. He only gave you seven starts. Comes back the next year, seventeen and nine with a two a three and thirty-four starts. That's All pretty right. good. <laughs> thirty-three starts, sixteen and and uh, sixteen and ten, then twenty-eight starts, sixteen and seven, and then the rest nothing. So I mean, you would have got, as you said, one, two, three, four. You would have got five good years with atlanta
3: he was 113 and 72 with a three five six
4: You had five good years
3: what's that worth uh yeah he wouldn't have gotten 14 years
4: 10 year uh, eight year deal you only got five good years
3: when, eight he, year when deal? he left he was 29 so well the the model was different back then he would have got 10 years uh if you're going off today's model you give him a five-year deal for maybe a hundred that's what kevin gosman got what was it
4: five for one, one hundred and twenty? I mean, he's the only guy. You like, look at Yoannis Cespedes.
3: The the guy was out of the league a few years later.
4: I mean, this is this, this is crazy. How we went from oh my god, we have something so special here in Oakland to uh, the best year he had. So we trade him. Then in two thousand fifteen, in Detroit and New York because he kept getting traded, he'd have, what, 35 home runs, 105 RBIs. Really good. 2016, 31 home runs, 86 RBIs, and then career was over. His career was over at 30. And you wanted to link him down. I mean, you want to give him eight years? Eight years? Be careful what you wish for. This, 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 This Tatis Jr., contract should I mean they, they they should they should actually frame this and put it in every general manager's office in baseball every president, every owner and every GM think long and hard before you give somebody 300 million. think long and hard before you guarantee 14 years of somebody's life. Be careful what you wish for, fans, because you get one of this and celebration. We got the best young player has turned into an absolute nightmare. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
3: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial
4: centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
3: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
4: Earlier today, Stephen Woods from Ben and Woods, the flagship station in San Diego for the San Diego Padres, join me. And we're talking about Fernando Tatis and San Diego went from a celebration to a, Oh my God, what's happening. Steven, thank you so much for coming on A's cast live. I can't imagine what it's like to do sports talk radio down in San Diego right now. It's like an absolute gift. you got the total present that is Juan Soto and here's the Padres and they're going for it. And then all of a sudden, you have the crash. That is Tatis. Wow. What a wild week it's been down in Southern California.
0: No question. And, and you know, uh, unfortunately, we're getting a little bit too used to the uh, Tatis roller coaster here. And, and you know, I'll, I'll start by saying it was a absolute kick in the gut. Uh, come Friday, sitting in my son's preschool waiting uh, my wife to come with my other son and we're picking up my little guy and going to take him out to dinner for a big celebration. And that news came across my Twitter feed. And I, I mean, it was like panic almost. I, I, it was a a emotional, visceral reaction, you know, to seeing that news and you just can't believe it, you know? And then it's been an entire, uh, you know, the five stages of grief all weekend uh, and going through it and talking about it on the air uh, today with our audience. I mean, it's been, it's been, it's been a rough one, to be sure. It's it's a tough thing to swallow.
4: Oh, my God. I mean, the, the story broke right, right when we were ending our show and heading into pregame, which all of a sudden you go into a pregame. It, you know, it's no longer you're doing a talk show, so it changed. So we were only able to t- really talk about it a little bit because, uh, well, we should have kept talking about it because no one was really interested in Astros, uh, Astros A's. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> You know, what people really need to understand, like young athletes have screwed up a lot, like that's not something, yeah. new. but the big difference here, you know, we can talk about shoulder separations. We can talk about motorcycle accidents. We can talk about steroids. We can talk about ringworm. You can look at all of that, but the big thing here is that this young man was given one of the largest contracts in the history of American sports. We're talking $340 million with all this going on. It's one thing if he's got like a two-year, $25 million contract. I mean, Stephen, we're talking $340 million guaranteed. It's crazy.
0: It it is. It is. And that's what I think has led people to speculate so wildly, you know, of of how this could happen, why it would happen. I'll say uh, off the get-go nobody really buys the ringworm story and you know you see you see three or four of these every year I would never knowingly take a performance enhancing drug I would never put anything into my body uh, but you did and you you have and now you failed the drug test and you know I've talked to enough people to know that this drug in and of itself is not going to do a whole lot uh, but when you add it to other uh, performance enhancing drugs it actually helps quite a bit so you know, I thought it was the, the biggest misstep of the the entire weekend, other than actually failing the drug test, you know, the excuse. And, uh, you know, we talked about it on the air today and on our show, and I just said, look, the one I, – I, I never will understand why these guys don't come right out day one. And, and basically the Andy pennant, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I took it. I was trying to get back on the field. I haven't played it forever. My guys are in the middle of a pennant race, and I thought uh, – I thought it would help get me back on the field. And that's ultimately what I want to do. And But, you know, when you, when you lay these excuses out, and it's just been a pattern. And I know Hunter's general manager, Jake Pereller, I mean, really, honestly, we've been covering Tatee since his debut. We were there in the dugout day one. I've known him for a while, and he's a good kid. I mean, make no mistake, like, he's a good kid. I, rain delays the dude is out of the locker room signing balls for little kids when there, there was a shooting in Washington. Uh, Fernando was helping pull people into the dugout. He's a good person and a good kid um, who continues though, especially over the last year or so to make mistake after mistake and try to cover things up. When in reality, I mean, you know, the truth shall set you free. Um, And I, I I just, it's like you tell your kids, you know, tell me the truth. You're going to be in way less trouble. (laughs) If I find out you covered it up, then you're toast. And all it's been, you know, for the last year or so has just been cover-up after cover-up and misinformation and disinformation and a bad attitude, you know, getting kind of lippy with reporters when they ask them about his motorcycle accident and you, you respond, well, which one? You know, that those are the kind of things that a 22, 23-year-old kid that has $300 million guaranteed, you're seeing the ego really win out uh, when common sense is just not – it's just not prevalent in that kid's life right now.
4: There's an article in The Athletic today, and I just know this having been in baseball a long time. We all know our teams better than anybody else. And I'm just, I'm reading this article, take it for what it's worth. But in this article in The Athletic, they talk about how Tatis opted not to undergo shoulder surgery. when Recommendation yeah. was to do it. Uh, His comeback now with the wrist, maybe trying to come back too early. And then this person, the source, says, not surprised at all. He does whatever he wants. So has there been culture around the Padres that from the time he's coming up as a young superstar, he's done whatever they've wanted and they've always turned a blind eye?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't sit here in in good conscience and say that I haven't heard the exact same things. And I don't, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how uncommon that is. We all went to high school, right? I went to high school. You guys went to high school. Um, I also went went to... I went
4: went to Crawford High School in San Diego. Oh, beautiful.
0: I've I've played baseball at Crawford many times. Um, It's it's athlete culture, guys. I mean, I also went to Holy Cross College, home of Rudy, right? So I'm right across the street from (laughs) Notre Dame. I was a bartender. At at a Notre Dame college, all my buddies were Notre Dame football players and lacrosse players. Um, Guys, this stuff's been going on forever. And it goes in high school. And these days, it goes in middle school. You know, I mean, guys are getting scouted by Alabama at age 14. This is a problem. And the lack of accountability is a problem. I saw Rex Chapman tweeting yesterday about how he was given grades in college. Yeah, just give him a B. Just pass him, right? We need him on the team. At some point, it's all of our responsibility to make our own decisions. Absolutely. But when you grow up in that culture of everything handed to you, the thing that really irks me the most, and I said it today, is you've got a father that had a long, successful career in Major League Baseball. You were supposed to know better. And it seemed when he came up that he did. I mean, our, our talking points on him for years were, Oh, dude, he gets it. Day one, the guy's not nervous. He knows he belongs there. Like, he is a fit. And he was. And he's been so fabulous and fun to watch and cover. And after this latest, you know, with the motorcycle thing, I think the shine started to come off of him a little bit when he wasn't being accountable um, at all to to the organization, to the fans, his father in the media saying, no, there was no accident. I mean, it's just a constant cover-up going on for the last year or so. So make no mistake, that, that's, not a, um, that's not a new thing in sports, a superstar being able to kind of carte blanche and do what he wants. I mean, in these days, like I said, it starts in friggin' middle school sometimes. Um, Tati is no different, no different whatsoever from, from everybody. It doesn't make it okay, and it's not an excuse, but I mean, we've, we've seen this forever.
4: You know, we learned a lot about performance enhancing drugs is up here in the Bay Area. We were the epicenter with the Balco scandal. And I'll never forget when A-Rod finally had to come clean and we speculated it in Texas. What we never speculated was, was he doing it when he was a man when he was. A Mariner and he was young and getting 200 hits and you know because everything was on Griffey and, and and the big unit so I want to ask this about Tatis when I look at his numbers right now and I he comes onto the scene at 20 uh, obviously in the COVID year a shortened season still had great numbers last year the 42 home runs A lot of people speculate maybe he was worried about the wrist. Maybe he was trying to get healthy, like Andy Pettit, was trying to get healthy faster. But does it start to scare you that the skinny guy with unbelievable power may have been using longer than we think? You
0: know, and I've I've been asked that question a lot. And, you know, if somebody, like you guys, right? You're in the Bay Area. Well, I grew up a Yankee fan. My dad was a Yankee fan. So I grew up a Yankee fan. And Since I've had Sons and lived in San Diego for 13 years. I don't follow them much anymore. You know, my the Padres are my life, and they're my kids' lives, and we're all Padres fans, ticket holders, the whole thing. Um, you know, I, I was asked the question. There's no – I think the way we're all, as sports fans, we're, they all they kind of got us, right? They got us because we're just all assuming all the time that everyone is playing legit or – Everyone's playing dirty, and only a few are getting caught. So, I, I honest to God, I would say from my gut, I don't think so. Um, But how am I ever going to know? And that's the question you ask. I have no earthly idea, and that's what a failed test does. That's what it does when when this happens. You now have to go back and look at every single accomplishment he's ever had uh, on the field. If he comes, if he comes back from suspension without further incident. And he is one for 30. <laughs> you know, what's the natural talking head reaction going to be? Well, I mean, when you're not juicing anymore. Now we all know, Stu, taking uh, testosterone, or winstrol or Deca, or any other thing, the Balco cream and the clear, none of that guarantees super Because if it did, I bet you we would have a lot more people popped for it. But somebody with his natural abilities like him, you know, to keep him on the field, to strengthen weak areas. Who's to say? I, I honestly, I honestly don't think he did. But now I sit there at night and go, well, I wonder. And the other thing I ask myself, and I'm sure you guys have asked yourselves too, do I care? You know, I, like you got popped. This is on you now. It's going to hang over you for the rest of your life. You get a clean slate because, you know, the rules now, you know, one strike, two strikes, three strikes, you're out. You'd have to be a real buffoon to attempt kind of fade again. So I do – I guess there's some doubt looking back, but I think anything he does moving forward will be under the assumption that he's clean because no moron would put himself with that much money uh, in that trouble again. Honestly, I just can't fathom that. Now, people have done dumber things than that, to be sure, but even him, I, I look at that and go, All right. I mean, if we're going to give him a pass once he's off suspension, I got to assume he's as clean as a whistle moving forward.
4: Uh, Let's end on this, and I want you to look into the crystal ball here. And we will always put the cart in front of the horse in sports talk. We always love to look ahead, even though we don't know the answers. You've got a three hundred million dollar contract with Manny Machado. He's balling, right? And I and I believe amazing. I do think someday we'll see him in the Hall of Fame. We've dealt with him for years as an Oriole. You got this contract with Tatis Jr., and you bring in Juan Soto like this, He's gonna, people are going to fall in love with him. You're going to want to sign him. So in a few That's years, <laughs> so you got a few years, let's say in a few years, you got these three guys, you can't have all three. It's too, exp- too expensive. Who do you think in the end will have to go?
0: It's a great question. I mean, if you asked me right now, today, I would say Tatis. but I, I, I don't, and and there's, there's legal ramifications there. I don't know if they could manipulate a contract, not that I would necessarily want them to, you know, but out of, look, if you gave me those three and said, you've got them, you've got two of three for the next 10 years, Manny is my favorite baseball player. He's my kid's favorite baseball player. Manny's also seven, eight years older than both of those guys and plays 158 games a year. Um, you know, give me Tatis and Soto, and I'll see what I can do for the next decade. Uh, even though I love Manny Machado with my entire heart, I'm thinking from a um, pragmatic business standpoint, uh, Manny's got an opt-out in a couple of years, don't know what he'll do with it. Maybe the drama here is too much for him, and he ends up opting out trying to get a better deal, and, and I don't know that that's out there. But he's sure playing like he's playing for that now. He's playing lights out. Uh, I would take my chances with a, a same age per, a twenty five year old Tafis and Soto in the two and three hole for the rest of the decade. Uh anytime. I, I don't know any baseball fan that wouldn't.
4: Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of A's fans pulling for the Padres because our good friend Bob Melvin is down there. And what Bob he's has meant for the himself. A's all these years. So uh, and, and even though the Dodgers have a big lead, and you can say this for all the teams chasing the wild card, you just got to get in, and once you get in, it's anybody's game. Hey, thank you so much for the time. We know you're on in the morning, and it's not easy. And you don't really want to do much after work, so we appreciate it. We'll check in later during the season.
0: Guys, it's my pleasure. Call me anytime you need anything.
4: Interesting stuff, and I tell you what, for a town that is starving for success, they I, I will give them this, and obviously a lot of you know I grew up there. I will give them this. The one thing that the Padres needed to do, which I don't know why we can't do it, is take advantage of the Chargers leaving town. Chargers left. Chargers went to L.A. There's a ton of people that said, ah, we're done with you. We're done with football. You you got your own town, your own market, and they're averaging 37,000 people. That was before Soto and Bell and Hayter. Averaging 37,000. Now they got a new ballpark. Obviously, it's not new anymore, but they got the ballpark. It's downtown. But they've never had the success that we've had. I mean, we're just going to the playoffs every year. With no Raiders and no Warriors. See, the Warrior thing, people still try and count like that. People still try and act like that. Oh, they just moved across the Bay. No, they left town. But... I'm done talking about attendance. I got. I, I'm done. I, I was done with that years ago. But I will give the Race credit. Seidler is the guy's name who runs the team. Yeah, chairman Peter Seidler. I, I'll give him credit. They're all in, and the town's all in, and they're 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 selling out now. They're getting 37 now. they're they're I don't know what a sellout is. 40 probably 42. around there yeah. So they're all in. It's one thing that Bob Melvin said, and I've talked to Melvin about it. It's electric. Everywhere you go, people are talking about it. People are in. They're excited. This guy, you hear this guy? He's not even from San Diego, but now he's the biggest Padre fan ever. That's cool. I'm hoping we have that. I'm hoping we have a moment coming up here soon where everywhere you go, people are talking about it. It's all people talk about. It's all people care about. Everywhere you go, it's the hats. It's the merch. I'd love that. I own as much A's gear as anybody. <laughs> I would love. I have a million hats, a million shirts, jerseys. How about the How about the new uh, Last Dive Bar shirt today? Let's catch up and homage to Hal, the hot dog guy. Huh? We got Sarah Langs coming on. Yeah, she hasn't joined yet, but all right. Coming up next, Sarah Langs from MLB.com. She always has nuggets for us next, right here on A's Cast Live.
2: A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
4: I don't want to give out any negative stats here on the athletics, but since the great Sarah Langs is coming on, this is the kind of stat, like if we asked her, a question, she'd go back and research and find this stuff. Like, I just don't have the patience to find this kind of stuff. But this is for Sarah Langs when she comes on. The A's rank last in the majors in batting average at 215 and on base percentage at 277. The only teams in American League history. Now, think about that American League history is a long time. Two bat under two hundred seventeen in a season are the nineteen ten White Sox at two eleven and the nineteen sixty eight Yankees at two fourteen. Lowest on base percentage in AL history is two seventy four. You know this team, right? Nineteen sixty eight. Wait, read it again. The lowest on base percentage. How do you not know? This is like the easiest question in the world. Who's got the lowest on base percentage in American League history at 274? This is, I mean, this is probably standard, easy trivial pursuit
3: baseball question i feel like you're going in a facetious direction here so i'm going to say cleveland spiders the
4: 1905 washington senators <laughs> sarah langs from mlb.com joins us here on ace cast live how are you we have missed you
2: i'm doing well thank you for having me and oh my gosh i don't do negative stats but those did not sound great at all i just not at all
4: i mean it's just it's just to me it just takes too much time to find that kind of stuff like if i'm searching and i'm finding the 1905 washington senators there's got to be something better i can do with my life
2: <laughs> probably probably but you know we always try to look on the bright side so hopefully there is a bright side somewhere with that and hey they might finish the season batting a lot higher than two seventeen. so you just have to hope for that.
4: Well, the two hottest stories in baseball are Fernando Tatis Jr., and your medical knowledge is about viruses because your mom's a virologist, so we're not going to go there. Uh, so we'll stay on the side of the second biggest story, really is American League MVP and it's starting we're starting to get articles you're involved in it now as we're looking at okay here you got a guy playing in New York for the Yankees I want to say because I looked it up today it's 54 games in center 49 games in right uh, like 17 or 18 at DH he's a monster the what what was it he's got what? 100 RBIs, 46 jacks, 96 runs scored, over 1,000 OPS. Judge is a monster, and he's playing every day. And then you got the guy out west playing for a terrible team in the Angels, and Otani, who, when he pitches, really darn good. And he's a DH, and he's really darn good. But he doesn't play every well defensively. So it's like you start looking at MVP and Otani won it easily last year, so why not this year? Where are you weighing in on this, Judge versus Otani? No offense to Jordan down Alvarez or Jose Ramirez. They're having great years, but these two guys are the front runners.
2: For sure. They are. You know, to me, I think it is Judge right now. And partially because he's going to set an American League record for home runs. Of course, the Yankee record is the American League record, and I think if we look back in history, like 10, 15 years from now, and he does something historic like that, and he didn't win MVP, we'll probably think that looks a little bit silly. For me, it has nothing to do with the team, nothing to do with the fact that the Yankees are that much better than the Angels. Otani is incredible. We almost need a different award for him. But I think given that he has such strong competition this year, it's probably judge. But we're going to be having this conversation every year that Otani continues to do this.
4: Now, do you want to know who's going to disagree with you? Who? The rally monkey, the angels. We got an actual, have you ever seen an actual rally monkey?
2: I have
4: not. I have not. I love it. Look at you. Yeah. Well, well, well. well we're playing the Rangers, so we got Nolan Ryan here. Yeah. So we got a Nolan bobblehead here. We honor the people in our own division. We've got the uh, we got the snow globe Safeco Field. It's now T-Mobile Park. And the oh my god! And the roof goes back. Yeah, we honor the people in our division. We love the people in our division. But this Gotta is this is the this is a rally monkey right here. Uh, I you know everybody's been beating me over the head all these years about war and how important war is because it includes everything. Well, if everybody's been telling me for all these years how important war is and Judge's war is better than Otani's and you're counting Otani as a pitcher and a hitter, that tells you how good Judge is. And I just wonder, since, you know, Otani is not gone every five days as a pitcher and he's just a D.H., How much of Judge playing in the field, and like I said, 50, I think it is 54 games in center field, how much does that play into him having a better war?
2: I mean, it certainly helps him. You know, he has a certain amount of defensive war, but I also think that's where kind of the intangibles play in. The time he spent in center field is probably the most valuable thing he's done for the Yankees all year. I know he's hitting all of these home runs, but they have a lot of guys who can hit. But they were really at a loss for a good center fielder for a good portion of the year. And the fact that he was able to move over there, have Giancarlo Stanton playing right when he was healthy, and just for them to have that alignment, was really, really helpful to how the team was functioning. So I think even if his defense of war isn't a significant numerical factor, I think that gets one of the intangibles about what has made him such a valuable player this year.
4: Yeah, it's crazy when like the A's are playing the Yankees and he's out in center field. It's like it's like watching an NBA power forward play center field. You're like, I just can't believe a guy that big is playing center field. It's crazy. I I do agree, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on the oh uh, one guy plays on a better team. I'm not where I mean just when you look at the volume of what Judge gives you, I'm not so if Otani goes out and he gives me 6 innings and he strikes out a time it's like okay he gave me 6 innings i now got to get these other innings or he goes 5 or 6 i'm just i'm not impressed by pitchers who only give me 5 or 6 i just it just doesn't do much for me the, the what judge is doing is incredible he's he's a one man wrecking crew and he does it every day and he's doing it in the field i believe it plays a lot and i am so rooting for him to break Roger Maris' record, and it has nothing to do with anything that um, you would think about. It actually is a personal thing for me, is Giant fans, and we'll count your mother, Giants fans have never had to come to grips truly with the cheating Bonds in 73. They've glossed over it for so many years, and you being in New York... And you being also someone who works on MLB Network, I think you're going to agree with me on this. When Aaron Judge hit 62, everybody in New York's going to go, that's the true record. Barry Bonds was on steroids. Barry Bonds should have the asterisk. And I believe the New York media is going to run over the soft San Francisco Giant media. They won't be able to handle it. They're going to try and defend Barry, but it's going to look ugly because you're defending PEDs, essentially. I think for the first time, Giant fans are going to – and Giants media, which basically they all are Giants fans. We know who they are. Uh, They're going to have to defend this, and it's not going to look good. And I can't wait to see it. I'm actually rooting for Aaron Judge.
2: Well, we'll see. I mean, what I will say is, you know, I go with the numbers. So when I go to baseball reference, we have Sammy Sosa, we have Mark McGuire, we have Barry Bonds, they're listed right there. So, you know, I mean, these numbers exist, regardless of what may have happened and root to them. But I do think there may be a narrative there. But even regardless, even not to, you know, uh, imply any fighting or anything like that to break a record that has stood for so long in the American League. You were discussing the American League. Think of how many individual player seasons that is. And the fact that these are the New York Yankees, the most hallowed franchise in all of sports. I think that alone will be a really big deal. But, you know, he's on pace for 65 right now. I'm very excited to see where this goes.
4: You know, when I when I think about the Yankees, and I made, you know, I never make w- crazy comments on this show. Everything is so calculated. I never get out over my skis here, Sarah. I did make a prediction back, was it June, Cody, that I made the prediction about the Yankees? Oh, yes, it was. I made a guarantee in June that the Yankees won't go to the World Series and won't win the World Series because when the A's were back there, everybody had already crowned them and wanted to make them champions. I go, they're too one-dimensional. And still to this day, like 52% of all their runs come from home runs. And they're they, what was it? There's only They've only won three games. Now, when I had this stat, it was a, probably like a week ago, but they haven't been winning games. They've only won like three games this year where they didn't homer. So if they get into a postseason and they get into a series where they face anybody who's kind of hot, Man, I'm not I'm not I don't know how much stock I'm buying in the Yankees as a playoff team. Would you agree or disagree?
2: I do think that we saw when they faced the Astros that they're not necessarily in the same class as the Astros. I think they were for a period of time this year, but I think early in the season they were probably overperforming a little bit. And now I think they're probably underperforming. But I think that true answer in the middle is still not as good as Houston. And we'll see. I mean, who knows what a hot Mariners team could look like in October. You just never know. But I do think exactly. I mean, hot with the snow, maybe a cold team. Maybe that's a good thing for the snow globe. Who knows? But regardless. I do think that we've seen the issues with their pitching staff, especially over the last month to two months here. Their bullpen is in pretty dire straits right now with how Clay Holmes has been pitching, the injury to Michael King, all of that. So we'll see where they end up. I mean, I agree, it's certainly a one-dimensional offense. I think they have the ability to be better offensively. But I worry about that pitching overall. And, again, when you're facing these really good pitchers in the playoffs, as you said, if you can hit those home runs, you could be in a really tough spot.
4: Well, I'll tell you what, talk about pitching and breaking news. You know, watching what the Dodgers have done, winning 12 straight. Obviously, that ended yesterday in Kansas City. They're trying to tie the record. For the L.A. Dodgers, it was like 62, and I can't remember the other year, but that 13 straight was the record since they moved west in 1958. They fall one short. Uh, and there's been all this talk about, look how great the Dodgers have been without Walker Bueller, without Walker Bueller and without Clayton Kershaw. The breaking news that just came down right before you came on, we are commercial break. Walker Bueller is done for the season. He is going to have season-ending elbow surgery. They're not saying what kind. It's a flexor strain, so I got to think it's Tommy John, right? Not
2: that kind of doctor. Not, not that. I got to you. That kind but of but
4: but what you could talk about is 100%. no Bueller, knowing he's not coming back. Dodgers have been great without these guys, and they've been getting tremendous starting pitching. How much do you worry once you get into the playoffs and everybody's records are zero and zero and you don't have Walker Bueller?
2: You do wonder about it. I mean, they do still have Dustin May coming back. He threw an immaculate inning and his rehab start the other night. By all accounts, he's looked really good. But I mean, I was talking about Bueller earlier today on a podcast and said, hey, getting him back will be such a big thing for this team but then you look at that street that you mentioned, not just 12 straight, but 12 straight, all by multiple runs. That's a testament, not just to the offense, but also to the pitching staff. So I think that they will be able to endure it, but you do start to wonder, I mean, the National League right now, top two teams, you have the Dodgers and the Mets, and maybe this puts, I mean, Who's going to want to face Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer in a postseason series? So now it's an advantage going to the Mets, maybe rotation-wise, even with the fact that deGrom's health is kind of always hanging there as a question mark. I'm not sure. But if any team can rebound from news like this, it is the Dodgers. He hasn't pitched in two months. So, you know, they've been doing this without him anyway.
4: You know, it's funny. I've just been watching the captain like all we've all been watching the documentary on. And it's fantastic on uh, Derek Jeter. And I don't know if I'm on on the fourth one where they went through the Subway Series and talking about how crazy the Subway Series was in 2000. It was a long time ago, but you you think back to the Clemens and Piazza and what that time was like in New York City. You know, everybody had a dog in the fight, and it was the first time two New New York teams had hooked up in the World Series for a long time. Hey, you never know. I'm looking at the Mets now. They're still leading the – and they got a big series starting tonight with the Atlanta Braves, but what's it like in New York City right now with the Yankees and the Mets?
2: Well, there's certainly a lot of excitement. You know, the Yankees, despite having, you know, the second-best record in the American League, the fans are not happy right now. They haven't been playing well overall, especially over this last month or so. So I would say the two fan bases are probably in slightly different spots, but it's really cool for the city when both of these teams are good. We saw it with the two-game series between them uh, at the end of July, the Subway series, You know, the Mets swept and Mets fans were going off about how big of a deal it was. It was a two-game series in July. You know, let's see what happens in October and November. But regardless, the energy of those games, I mean, I was just watching on TV doing my job. And I could feel the energy through the TV, you know. There's so much excitement about these teams, about baseball in New York. And, you know, I love to see that. I love anything that gets people excited about baseball.
4: Well, it's funny. In the captain, when they're talking to Jeter about it, I, I, I would cut – if I did if I did a talk show in New York and I was a Mets guy, I would be running this over and over because Jeter was hilarious. He was like – You know, I'm. Everybody's making a big deal about it, but to us, I mean, they're just the Mets. Like, it's the Mets. Like, who cares? It's the Mets. (laughs) And Jeter, at one point in the outtakes, they showed it, and he goes, man, I know people are going to come after me about this, but come on, it was just the Mets. It's just the Mets. The Yankees don't sweat the Mets, right?
2: I don't think so. I mean, I think that's kind of the nature of it, right? The Mets are the newer team to New York. They're the younger team. They're the historically less successful team. You know, two World Series, two 27 World Series championships. But you never know, you know, what uh, what could happen if they do face off in the World Series. But there's definitely some of that sort of like little sibling mentality, something like that. But I think the Mets fans tend to care more about the outcome against the Yankees and maybe vice versa.
4: So I was watching when I got the report yesterday, Rasmussen you know, has a perfect game going, so I turned it on my computers watching A's Astros. I was almost turning it on as much to know I can't wait for Tampa to pull him early so then I can rag on it the next day. And, of course, they end up pulling him anyway, but he gives up the hit and the run. But it's the 10th year anniversary of King Felix throwing a perfect game we haven't had a perfect game since, and the longest drought was Catfish Hunter with the A's yes. when the A's moved west in 1968 to Lynn Barker in 1981. We got a major drought going, perfect games. Kind of shocked by that with all the strikeouts that and, and bat and weak contact and low batting average. Are you shocked that we haven't had a perfect game recently?
2: It is surprising. You know, I think... It's funny, I believe that two or three of the no-hitters last year, only a handful of them, were one play away from being a perfect game. John Means, there was the uh, drop third strike, and then uh, I believe there were two others where there was either one walk, one hit by pitch, something like that. I believe Rodon hit someone in the ninth, maybe, kind of like Scherzer did way back in uh, whatever that would have been, 15. But anyway, we've been so close to the idea of a perfect game. It almost feels random to me just because we have seen a proliferation of no-hitters. We had all of those no-hitters last year, a ton of bids this year, but, you know, I mean... (laughs) It's a lot to go out there and you know strike out 10 guys and not walk anyone, something like that. We don't even see that many of those kinds of outings these days, let alone doing that and also not having anyone get a hit or anything else like that. But it is fascinating, man, that in this era of so many no-hitters, we still haven't gotten to another perfecto. But I know that Mariners fans, kind of take that as their badge of pride. I know there's some Mariners fans who celebrate when the perfect bids are over because they want Felix to still have the most recent one. So we'll see how much longer that keeps going for them. I really thought he was going to do it yesterday. I really, really did.
4: Jorge Mateo, former A's prospect. He came mm-hmm. over in the sunny Gray trade, Uh, broke it up, and later would score on a wild pitch. All right, let's end on this. I'm going to take – so now we're in a true playoff format, which I love. Uh, We came out with all the dates today. Uh, It could could be a Cold World Series if we're playing in November. But I'm going to take out the number one and two seeds. You cannot pick them. So that's the Astros, Yankees, in, in the American League, and that's the Dodgers and the Mets in the National League. Out of the rest of the guys that are remaining as of right now, That's Rays, Guardians, Mariners, Blue Jays, Phillies, Cardinals, Padres, Braves. If you could buy stock because you want to make a lot of money, it's not cheap to live in New York City in the box you live in there in Manhattan. Uh, If you had to pick one of those teams and you're going to buy stock in one of those teams, which one would it be?
2: I think it has to be the Braves. Partially because they did this last year. They had the lowest winning percentage entering the month of August for any eventual World Series champion. They were below 500 entering August. They went at the trade deadline, remade their outfield, made up for that Acuna injury. The bullpen got so good in the postseason. And why would Brian Snicker not be able to rally the troops that way again? They called up Michael Harris at the end of May, and then they went on that huge win streak. Now they called up Von Grissom a couple of days ago. He's already hit two home runs. I saw a tweet like twenty minutes ago about him working out with Ron Washington on the field, the classic infield defense, uh, you know, school with Ron Washington. If he is doing that, he knows what he's doing. So I think if I'm taking a team outside those four, I would go with the Braves. But again, I mean, are we really going to see, speaking of droughts, are we really going to see a back-to-back champ? I don't know.
4: Been a long time since the Yankees went back-to-back.
2: A very long time. The longest drought ever that we've ever had. And, you know, that speaks to how difficult it is to get through this grind. And now, of course, with that extra round, The Braves, if they were to do that, assuming they don't overtake the Mets there, would have to get through a lot to do it.
4: Well, it is great to see you. Thank you so much for the time. You be well. We'll be watching you. We'll be reading you. We'll be just following on Twitter. We'll just be following the multimedia career that is the great (laughs) Sarah Langs.
2: Oh, my gosh. Thank you. So great to see you guys. Thank you so much.
4: Take care.
2: Bye-bye.
4: Sarah Langs, nobody better. Follow her on Twitter at Langs on sports. There you go, and she just puts nugget after nugget after nugget out every single night. Do the people over? Do, do the people responding love Sarah Langs as much as we do? Uh, no one said anything yet, but um, there are people watching, so they must. They must. I mean, how do you not love Sarah Langs? I mean. She's, She's going with the Bravos. Hey, by the way, how many guys under 25 do the Bravos have? Now with Grissom up. Let's see. Grissom, Michael Harris, Acuna.
3: Albies. Albies.
4: That's four.
3: I think I think William Contreras, their catcher, is under 25. Five? Their starting rotation, most of them are under 25. They're either 25 or under 25.
4: So the world champs have a bunch of dudes under 25 who didn't have 1,500 – Innings pitched, five, when I went, 15, was it 1,500 at bats,
2: 500
4: yes. innings pitched. I mean, my God. As you saw today, Chris Wood- Woodward, he gone. Four managers fired already this year. So you want to preach patience and time? Man, most people don't have patience and time. And he just got it, once again, he just got an extension for 2023, he had an option for 2024 you want to you know what chad pender gets 1500 at bats in the minor leagues and that's great but seth you, brown seth brown sky gonna bolt. Get, they're gonna get you know what daniel susac who was just drafted if he's that good he doesn't do 1500 hit his first home run on saturday night you're you're a top draft pick out of college two years and let's go how long posey wasn't even two years uh, yeah, I don't think so. He's right out of Florida State. I mean he played. I know he, he I think it was in his second year he got called up.
3: Two thousand what do you call it, two thousand ten would have been his rookie year? He won rookie of the year that year. Yeah.
4: That's the year the first year they won the World Series.
3: Yeah, I don't know if he got called up early in two thousand nine, but that's or at some point, but let's see. Posey's first full year was he played seven games in 2009, 108 in 2010.
4: So yeah, yeah, so he did not start with the big club in 2010. He got called up, and the rest is history. Yeah, his first game in that year would have been. So put it this way. Buster Posey played in 115 minor league games. That's it. His first game was May 29th of 2010. That's it. No 1,500 at-bats. Stop it. I, mean, I have
3: a whole – we don't have time, but I have a whole list of guys. Like, just
4: I had him because because Grady Fuson was on with Vince Catronio. Vince asked him the question because that is the old standard numbers, right? 500 innings pitch, 1,500 at-bats. And then we see if he's ready for the big leagues. What? How many bats do you think Posey had in the minors? Uh, it was over three, uh, three partial seasons. It's small because he would have been drafted, so he would have got a couple months. It's on way under 500. No, nope, 630. 630.
3: It's still under the 1,500. Yeah,
4: 1,500. Once again, Chad Pender gets 1,500. Seth Brown gets 1,500. The guys who can really play, everyday players, guys who are going to have long, long careers as everyday players. That, that doesn't happen anymore. I heard J.T. Snow talk about this. And JT had over 1,500 at-bats. But it's like, if we're still doing this, I just don't. Is Robert here? Robert was breaking news today. Robert, how are you? Welcome back to A's Cast Live.
1: Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Been a very busy day, even though the trade deadline is two weeks over from now.
4: Wow. Congratulations on breaking the Walker
1: Bueller news. I appreciate that big time. That's a huge blow for the Dodgers, although not totally unexpected, but still a massive blow for them.
4: Now, is this going to be his second Tommy John surgery?
1: So they don't know exactly what this surgery is going to be. Uh, they're entering it basically blind right now. As they Neil Eltrash, the doctor who's performing the surgery, recommended that he undergo a procedure just to like see what exactly the issue is. Uh, so the doctors, they're being pretty vague on what the injury is and also the timetable. Uh, so they should know more once this is over. But this is obviously not the kind of development that they wanted here.
4: No, and they're just coming off winning 12 straight. I know they lost yesterday in Kansas City, uh, but they've been rolling. They've been just beating people up, and they've been doing it without Bueller and Kershaw. But once you get to the postseason, how much does this change the Dodgers not having this guy who has been their lead guy?
1: Yeah, it changes everything. And he's the kind of guy who can go toe to toe with the best pitchers in the league. And the fact they don't have him, um, that is going to create some different matchup problems for Dave Roberts. I mean, he's got experience doing it in the past, of course. So like, he's not a first time guy going into this, Uh, but not having Walker Bueller um, it makes the rotation vulnerable and it puts a lot more pressure on that offense that they've spent so much money on uh, in the years past. And even this year, to perform, same with the bullpen, too, and their other starters to step up as well.
4: Yeah, when we have injuries now, or even like at the beginning of August, it, it was panic, but we had the waiver wire process. There was still an opportunity, right, that you might be able to find somebody. You know, most players at one point in their career would have been put on waivers. Now that that's gone, great for the fans' trading deadline. What does that do for these front offices to where they don't have that safety net?
1: Yeah, it, it makes it a lot more difficult for them and it places pressure on them like before the trade deadline and make those kind of moves. And we got to see some movement after the trade deadline with a bunch of these veteran players get designated for assignment. Some teams claimed uh, claim them off waivers like Fran Mel Reyes was one of them who uh, did not last long in the waiver wire. Like that was somebody that the Cubs ended up pouncing on um, pretty quickly. And then all oh, like specifically for the Dodgers in this case. Like They're more well-equipped to handle this because they have Dustin May returning from the injured list, and they're going to be careful not to overwork him. Um, Now that he's coming back from Tommy John surgery, they're also going to have Danny Duffy come back. He's only going to pitch out of the bullpen, but still, that provides another arm. But uh, to answer your question about the waiver wire, yeah, it it makes things a lot more challenging for these front offices, um, and it places pressure on them to add depth whenever they have the opportunity to do so.
4: I guess you would say the Mets are the biggest challenge, but maybe you see somebody else in the National League. Who do you think is the biggest challenge to the Dodgers?
1: Yeah, the Mets are the, clearly the team that stands out. And I'll give you two of them, actually. Um, Love I'll give you the Atlanta Braves because they were there last year, and they advanced um, to the postseason. or They advanced and won the World Series. And they have a team that is really, really, really good. They're pitching staff. They just optioned Ian Anderson, who was their most – Vulnerable starter, and the rest of the rotation is is phenomenal. Uh, Their offense, led by Austin Riley and Matt Olson, has been great. Uh, Michael Harrison, they he's just been a a great addition ever since they called him up from Double A. And then I'll also give you the St. Louis Cardinals too. They are a team that year in and year out. I don't know what it is, but they just seem to always compete. And this year they they're. Biggest need was rotation, and they ended up getting Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery. Even though everybody was clamoring for them to get Juan Soto, um, and they've surged out of the trade deadline and looked like the team to beat the Central. So I'll give you those two teams is the biggest competition for the Dodgers.
4: You know, well, you know, kind of the kind of the big hot stories we got. Not only the playoff schedule coming out, and you know, we've got. The whole, hold the brackets and everything, how it looks, and it's a lot of fun to look at. Uh, it's yeah. all obviously Otani versus Judge, American League MVP, but it's also Tatis. And we talked to a show host down in San Diego. They're devastated. And there's, you know, whether you're talking about the shoulder problems that he's had, the wrist problems now, steroids, it's like you throw all that immaturity and everything that's going on, you know, falling off the motorcycles at more than once, you're still talking 14 years and $340 million. One of the biggest contracts in the history of professional sports. What a gamble. To me, the immaturity, the issues, the steroids. My God. Just just talk about the whole situation with the Padres and this huge contract that they have hanging around their neck.
1: No, you're, you're spot on with that. And... It's something that the Padres need to solve quickly Um, and AJ Preller has even gone on the record and he made some very strong comments, which we have not heard from Preller since he went to San Diego like that was the most stern he's ever been uh, in a press conference and he's got every right to be upset with this like Fernando Tatis he committed $340 million to this player who hadn't even played a full season in the majors and he's suffered all these injuries and now he's suspended for 80 games when they were just on the brink of getting him back. And like this entire situation, like his dad ended up going on the record and said this was because of a haircut. Um, And it was like, I'll tell you like there's people who don't believe that the ringworm story is legit. Like it it actually is real. Um, From the reporting that I've done, I've confirmed it. Um, And he ended up taking a substance that contained um, this banned substance and it resulted in the suspension. But, it was on him to, to confirm that it like it was within protocol, and he didn't do that, and that's ultimately on him. And I wonder now, like this is just me completely speculating, um, but I wonder now that he's got all this time to recover uh, away from baseball. I wonder if he undergoes that surgery on his shoulder to repair it, because um, there was a lot of people who ultimately believed that he was going to need it at some point. Uh, now he's got the time to do it. It would make sense to me. I haven't heard, but. Um, but first, he really needs He needs to like look in the mirror And reflect and grow from this Because if not, then this could look like A $340 million mistake for the Padres
4: So let's get back to the ringworm Because there's multiple ways To cure ringworm And mm-hmm. this is A PED that's linked To other PEDs So i, I, I it's like If I just took this Just because the ringworm And I had a legit doctor, I every, I would fight this till the cows come home, because even though the big money kicks in later, he's still going to lose a couple million, I think it's like three million bucks or whatever. Yep. Wouldn't there be a much bigger fight if this was really just about curing ringworm from a haircut?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me there would be, and I believe at first he actually did appeal this thing, but ultimately he ended up just accepting the suspension, and I'm, yeah, you're right. I'm curious why there hasn't been more of a fight from Tatis in his camp. But um, ultimately, they, they decided not to do it. They accepted the punishment. And, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, like, the Padres, they're equipped to w- overcome this thing here. But not having Tatis back, that is such a huge blow. Um, and it places a lot more on the shoulders of Juan Soto, that pitching staff, and when he eventually returns, or even before he returns, he's got to answer a lot of questions because players in that clubhouse, specifically Mike Clevenger and some others, they were like, "This is the second time he's disappointed us, and now he needs to like he needs to own up to it." So I'm curious to see how your response to that too.
4: Yeah, I'm almost. I know this would be a whole brouhaha with the players' union, but like for the Padres right now, you know they would love to take that 340 million, take it back give it to Juan Soto and add some money to it so they could sign Juan Soto. I just – to make these huge commitments that we're seeing, I mean, right now, Mike Trout, bad back, we don't know. You know, Anthony Rendon, out for the year. It's been a dumpster fire. Just – but a way for you to get out of these contracts from a PED standpoint, I don't think they'll ever do it, but I know that from a business, it'd be like, okay, if you get popped for PEDs once or twice – I got to be able to get out of this deal because no matter what he, they're still going to owe him over $300 million. And it's just like, Oh my God.
1: Yeah. And you're right. It's, I would be floored. And I mean floored if they ended up rescinding this contract or voiding it because that would just be a legal nightmare. But the fact that this has happened and the shoulder injury and the motorcycle stuff has happened, um, yeah I, I mean if the pot like i still think the potters would do this deal just because tatis is a he's a generational talent and if you end up looking at what he did when he was healthy that's what they picture him doing for the next 10 plus years so yeah i still think they would do this thing uh, even though there's been like this much gone wrong so quickly um but yeah, I'll tell you like this. This is another reason why. I mean, not maybe not like a perfect example, but the other guys you mentioned before, like Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, even Albert Pujols before that, yeah. why we don't see these ten plus year contracts is they rarely work out. Um, Tatis's was different just because he was what twenty one or twenty two when he signed it, so he was going to be done or was going to be done when he was in his age thirty six season. But yeah, I'll tell you, those are becoming a rarity, and I think Soto's is going to be the next. But after that. I don't know how many of those we're going to see.
4: The press conferences look great, right? the unity and the GM and the managing general partner and everything looks great. And we're going to have this guy forever. <laughs> it's just like, they yeah. just, they just don't work out. Or if you're Mike Hampton with the Rockies, if you remember, he just liked the school districts. It wasn't about the money or the years. It was about the school districts. Uh, I, I want you to weigh in. Everybody's weighing in on it. Cause X amount of games to go. People want to talk AL MVP, judge Otani. Where would you go?
1: this apparently this is a hot take because a lot of people are going with Aaron judge, but I'm going with Shohei Ohtani with this. And this is not to discredit what Aaron judge has done this season because he's been brilliant. Uh, what judge has done this year has been, I mean, 46 home runs, hundred RBI already. This like this early into the season is extremely impressive. But if you look at Shohei Ohtani, like, yeah, he's got what? 26 homers this year. His, his numbers are slightly down offensively from what they were last year, but his, his pitching numbers have been extremely good, Um, like to the point where they're at like ace level. And we're looking at a player who is basically like a Max Scherzer and Matt Olson type combined. And yeah, the, the Angels aren't doing that well this season, but I still think that Otani deserves the MVP this year. And I was running this exact scenario by somebody even the other day And he was like, if Shohei Ohtani does not win the MVP, it is the biggest, like, baffling decision or the most baffling decision in baseball history. Um, That that may be like a bit of a strong comment, but like that's what he said. And he's a very trusted baseball executive. So, like, I mean, I, I listen whenever he says something. But even though he said it, like, even with him saying that, I have to agree. I would go with Shohei Ohtani. And that's not a slight at Aaron Judge, just how good Shohei Ohtani is.
4: I, I, it's, it's a fascinating debate. Cause I, I can see it. You know, a good debate is when you can see both sides to yep. me, it's not one-sided because I can see the judge crowd goes, wait a minute. This guy hasn't been pitching every five days and he's a DH. My guy's out there playing center field. He's playing right field. He's playing defense. He's hitting all these home runs. He's driving in runs. He's got walk-off hits, walk-off wins. He's been a yeah. monster. So, I mean, it's a really, you know, when people are going to have to put their name on it and they're going to have to vote, because, I mean, no disrespect, Jordan Alvarez is fantastic. He beats the hell out of the A's. We see it. Uh, And Jose Ramirez continues to be a terrific player. But obviously, this will come down to Judge and Otani. And you can make a case for both guys, and really, both cases are good. Yeah,
1: both cases are extremely strong. And I'm kind of hoping that I don't have to be part of that voting for the MVP just because, like, I mean – it's going to end up being whoever votes for whoever is going to get ridiculed one way or another. Um, but I mean, if, no matter who gets it, like, as you said, you can see both sides of this argument and like, I don't think there's a wrong decision here. Um, but I'll tell you, baseball is in really good hands at the same time. We got Otani who's just getting started. Aaron judge who's 30 years old and still has a lot more left. And we have all these other players too. Like it speaks to the overall talent we have in baseball. And we've like seen it reflect in the numbers, like, Throughout the uh, like the broadcast and everything, like numbers are skyrocketing right now, which is like it's a great thing, and it's because of this talent and uh, because of these debates and the ones we're having right now too.
4: Well, you know, when you guys vote, they put you in different categories. So you're saying you'd rather have like Rookie of the Year versus MVP? Okay, I'd rather have. Uh, You got me there. That's well done. (laughs) Ah, Cy Young Award winner. Here we go. No, I mean it's a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to talk about. Um, Something that has now gotten interesting. I mean, normally, let me tell you, getting ready for this. uh, The Texas Rangers are 23 games out of first place, while our beloved A's are 33 and a half games out of first place. So when you say A's Rangers. Four-game set in Arlington, most people aren't running to uh, their television sets. But uh, Chris Woodward fired today. You know, we've talked a lot to the Ranger people. You know, you you look at the money that uh, Seeger got. You look at the money Simeon got, and they said, hey, listen, this is all part of the plan. John Daniels, Chris Young that they understand they're not going to win now. They're going to spend more money on pitching in the offseason. They got money with the new ballpark. They're going to be ready to spend. We heard all this kind of stuff. And then, bang, they fired Woodward, who got an extension for next year and an option for the next. And I say, okay, you fire this guy. Then you realize four managers have been fired in season. That's 14% of the managers in Major League Baseball have been fired And you know more will get fired at the end of the year. What does that tell you? That there's
1: a lot of pressure on these managers to perform and win now. And, like, we got to see it earlier in the year. Joe Girardi, I believe, was the first one with Philadelphia. And they've come out of the gates just flying after that. Like, Rob Thompson is, like, seriously in consideration to get that job full time. The Angels have been basically the exact opposite of that um, after firing Joe Madden, I will say, though, like the fact that Chris Woodward got this extension that you just mentioned, um, it it really surprises me that he got fired. And when the report surfaced earlier today that he was fired, I'm like, I stopped in my tracks. I was in the middle of a workout, actually. And I was just like, hmm, like, why, why would they do this? And like even the, entering this year after signing, like, the for $500 million, they ended up getting Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. They knew this year they weren't going to be in a position where they were going to be able to like compete with the upper class in, in the American league. This was going to end up being a multi-year thing. And Woodward was a the guy they identified as a person to do that. And ultimately they ended up having a, a change of heart, like throughout the year with some of the decisions he was making and like some of the, or the direction of the franchise, that he wasn't going to be the guy. And I, I think this, What this does, like, obviously, as you said, this is a fourth manager that's fired now, but it places a lot of pressure on this Texas Rangers front office led by John Daniels and Chris Young to get this next hire right because they've invested a lot in this roster, hasn't performed to to date so far. Um, And if they don't get this next hire right, then they could be on the jobs or on the on the market looking for jobs as well.
4: Yeah, they love throwing this stat out there, the 6-24 and 24 in one-run game. So, obviously, there was something to that. Uh, before we let you go, you do a great job breaking stories. And a lot of fans always wonder, like, how do these guys do it? How do these guys know? So, before you hit tweet, Before, what do you have to have? How many sources? How many people have to verify? Just take our fans through it when you have something like a Walker Bueller, This is a breaking story. This means a ton in our sport. How do you go through that process?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And it's something that it varies by the story is at the end of the day, you ultimately want to have or you need to have in order to report something, somebody directly involved. And if you don't have that, then for me, I don't tweet it because I'm a huge believer that you need to be 100% confident when you report something. And like, there's people that, like in this case, or I'll even take you back to the trade deadline. There was a couple of cases where I ended up getting the Russell Iglesias trade and also the Harrison Bader one. And I had heard those secondhand and you end up getting, you text people who are directly involved and they could be like, yeah, or they could be like, no. And in that case, both of them were ended up right. I got them confirmed right off the bat, and then was able to send them. Um, but the report and the stories thing, it's not as easy as people think it is. Just because you people think it's like a, a you wait for somebody to text you, but in reality, it's a year-round conversation that you have with sources that ultimately leads you to get that kind of information at the deadline or even in the off season too. Um, I'm learning on the fly here. I'm still only 26. This is actually my 10-year anniversary
4: of being in baseball today, so I appreciate you guys having You got me. in at 16?
1: In at 16. I created a random Twitter account talking baseball, and, and now here I am at 26.
4: Did you have a driver's license yet before you created that?
1: I actually did not.
4: Wow. Yeah.
1: That, uh, and by the way, your girl Jessica Kleinschmidt over there, she was uh, she was one of my biggest supporters, so I appreciate Jess big time. She's the best.
4: Oh, she's fantastic. We're lucky to have her. Hey, you're a great follow. You're a great interview. Fansided.com. Always appreciate the time. Be well, and let's talk soon.
1: Let's do it. I appreciate you guys having me. Have an awesome day.
4: Great stuff. Now, I'm going to ask, do we have time to turn around that for pregame?
3: Yeah, I already let Robert Costa know.
4: Yeah, he's great. Buy Robert Murray on Twitter, fansided.com.
3: Thank you to Je- Jess, actually. We've had him on before. Uh, it was like two years ago, I think we had him on. Um, and then Jess actually told me yesterday that she knows him, so she helped me get Robert Murray and Steven Woods on, actually, because um, I struck out on all of our Padre contacts. So the only one I did reach out to is the great Bob Townsend. We're not bringing my brother on. Or our other guy, I don't think Bob Melvin wants to talk about uh, what's <laughs> going on
4: there. I mean, I doubt Melvin wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't use my Bob Melvin card right. Yeah, now. no. Um, hey, Bill Mel, you want to come on and talk about that taste?
3: Hey, Bob, this isn't a text about me asking for tickets this time. It's actually something about a little more important.
4: Yeah, let 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 Bob breathe a little bit right now. We'll have Bob in the off season. You're gonna play golf with Bob in the off season, or if they go, you know, when they. Hopefully, reach the postseason. I root for Bob, and that's what's you know. It's funny. It's like you know, being from San Diego, growing up, and I grew up a Padre fan, right? Um, but just have not cared about them in forever, right? So it's like Bob going back there makes me want to see them do well. Um, but it's so pot. It's a Padre. It's so Padres. It's like whenever something happens to the Clippers, it's like it's so Clippers. You know, there's certain organizations, but it's so New York Jets. It's so New York Jets that their quarterback gets hurt in a preseason game, right? It's so New York Jets. Like there's that's certain, so <laughs> there's so there's certain organizations. Like it's it's so them that that that's what happens, right? And um, it's tough. It's tough. But he he see and 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 the more I've talked about this today the more I realize that this whole debate about the American League MVP is really going to be fun to talk about. Because people have, oh, it's easily Otani, And then there's other people who go, what? It's easily Judge. Both sides are compelling. Both sides. You really can look at both. And, and what's happening is the, the uniqueness of, Of Otani hitting and pitching is starting to wear off. Well, we're going to talk about it every year. Yeah, so it's just like, okay, he's doing it, but, you know, be like, well, he's doing it, no one's ever done it before. Okay, but the judge side's going to tell you his war's higher. War's saying all around, he's more valuable all around than Otani is a hitter and pitcher. Check his war. You guys all beat me over the head about sabermetrics. You can't take it back now. The 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 the, the toothpaste is out of the tube, as they like to say. I love that expression. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the question: Has anybody ever tried to put toothpaste back into the tube?
3: No, I believe I heard Gabe Kapler use that recently too. I'm like, oh, so how many people know this expression? Apparently, I when you told me it the first time a while ago, I'm like, I had no idea what this was. But apparently, I've used it for years. Apparently, it's very. I don't know where I
4: got it. Um. I just, I, if you tell me war is the end all. Who, yeah? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. War is good for baseball. War. yeah? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say again, y'all. Who, Good God. What is it good for? Absolutely Well, war supposedly is good for. Something, it's good for finding out should a guy be a Hall of Famer or not. Why? Well, we don't know how it's calculated. It's different for pitchers and hitters. But we're told that it's the it takes it's everything. the end all be all. Well, if we say a guy's a seventy plus warrior, he should be a Hall of Famer. No, that's problem.
3: a no brainer. I think we go with even lower expectations to sixty. now. Oh wow,
4: I mean that's I can't I can't get my arms around that one today.
3: If if, if someone if a player has a fifty nine point four, I don't think you're not a Hall of Famer to me.
4: If Aaron Judge – had okay, because this is where I think I can get hypocrites like yourself. You would tell me Trout's the best player, not off home runs, batting average RBI, because that's old stats. You told me Trout was the best player because he's a, a 10 war. That's what people will say, yes. Right? But now the same people are telling me Otani's better, but Judge has a better war. So you're using war when it works for your argument and then not using it when it doesn't work for your argument?
3: So Would that be called a hypocrite? Yes. If you think back to it, it was almost it would have been 10 years next year, I believe. But what was the big thing 10 years ago was Cabrera versus Trout when Cabrera had the Triple Crown, but Trout was so good. The Triple Crown trumped the war. But everyone talked about, well, no, it should have been Trout because of war. But now we're using an argument against it with Aaron Where Judge. Where
4: is it? You said war is the number one thing.
3: I know, but I'm saying now people are using it against – they're they're not basing enough war. They're basing. Do you realize I'm accusing you of all those people? I know, yeah. And I'm, okay, I'm just saying that now. I'm he, using
4: Cody as all those people, who are hypocrites.
3: Now everyone's looking at what Otani does on both sides,
4: opposed to what Aaron but Judge's Judge war still is. adds up to more. Yeah. However, it adds up. I still. What don't know. What is his war? I think seven. Seven to five point seven. Yeah. So he's gotten beat by over and maj- a, 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 a one war. Yeah, one and a half almost. Uh, maj- majority
3: of. Um, so uh, Shohei Ohtani's war is coming from the pitching side, anyway. His like his hitting is only like a two, like a two point two or something. His pitching is like three point six. No, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it's two. Yeah. His
4: pitching's two point two. I don't know h- what the h- hitting. hitting
3: is. No, it's the other way around. Hitting was two point two. Pitching was higher. When I looked,
4: whatever it is, he's five point seven.
3: Yeah, I. That's I,
4: lower than seven. My San Jose State math says.
3: Yeah, it's uh, just a shade under. Uh, yeah, Ohtani three point six war pitching. Two, ESPN had 2.2 hitting, which rounds up to 5.8, but they said it's 5.7. Either way, the 3.6 war is from pitching. That's where majority is We got to go.
4: Uh, yeah, 4.05 start pregame. I was so used to these. That, that's something I've thought about, and I don't know if it's worthy to address, but do you think it's good for baseball that we have all these crazy start times? Well, it's standard in the NFL. Yeah, 1 and 4. Basketball, Eastern. basketball is pretty standard. You're either starting at seven or seven thirty. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, think about it this way, though: the game starts at
3: five oh five for us; it's seven oh five for Texas.
4: But still, that's it's 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 bizarro times. Why it's we're starting at six forty here; they're starting at seven oh five. They're 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 different start times. Saturday nights, this team starts at five o'clock. This team starts at four. The start times in baseball, I can tell you, I get this packet every day. The start times are all over the board. Yeah, there's a 107. And I'm not talking about time change. I'm talking about, okay, in your time zone, you start at 7 o'clock. Well, people in their time zone, there will be at 640. We start our home games now at 640. We used to be at 707. Yeah. The start times are all over the board. Some teams play at 6 o'clock at night on Saturday, their time. Other teams play at 4. Some teams – we'll have games that are 1235. Our start times are all over the place. Uh, Is that good? Most likely not. And
3: we'll end on this because you're talking about time. Yankees-Red Sox last night, how long was their game? Five hours and 30 minutes. Cut that in half almost, or a lot more than half. 250? Two hours and 15 minutes for Yankees Red Two hours Suns. and 15? It was tied for the shortest game in the rivalry. Was it rained out? Uh, no, since uh, they played a two-hour, 13-minute game in 1994, there was also a 2-15 game back in 2018.
4: All right. When you have national games that they're nationally promoting, have you noticed they always start at the same time? Sunday night baseball always starts at what? 407. Why do they always start at four oh eight somewhere in there? Why do they always start at that time? Every Sunday KS night,
3: ESPN sets it because they
4: want to condition you that yeah. Sunday night baseball. And by the way, what they do last night, at MLB Network, they played the National. They have highlights, and all of a sudden, four o'clock hits. It's Sunday night baseball. ESPN holds uh, holds the rights. Boom! It's off to the National. It's like well, that
3: was that was on the other night too during the Field Pe- of Dreams
4: games. Peacock games now are all the same on Sunday morning, Sunday night baseball. Why can't we say every single team start at this point every single night? If you're playing a day game, this is when you start. I don't disagree Some with consistency you. on the start times. None of this. This team plays at 6 o'clock on Saturday night. This team plays at 5. That team plays at 4. Hey, I mean, we've seen 3 o'clock starts on a Saturday. What? Yeah, They're all over the place. The times are all over the place. La- last
3: week when we played the Giants on Saturday, the game started, what, 4 5? What? No even,
4: consistency. Yeah,
3: no fireworks either. It was just a, Put it
4: this way. My, my wife, who is a baseball wife, right, she's always like, what, what time's the game today? And I always go, well, it's – I mean, our games are always different. Yeah, it is. It's true. I mean, why not some consistency with the times? You don't see the Warriors playing or hockey playing or these bizarre – very random do they play non H- – H- Sorry, hockey's national TV game on – when it was on uh, – when they
3: were on NBC, it always started at what time? 12.30. Boom.
4: Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live. What a great show we had today. Uh, Guests were fantastic. We want to thank Stephen Woods, co-host of Ben and Woods in San Diego on the Padres flagship, Sarah Langs from MLB.com and also from MLB Network, and Robert Murray from Fansighted.com and Jessica Kleinschmidt for helping you out today. She, She carried you today. That was a big help. She carried you. Coming up next, we get you ready for A's baseball. A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron.